0: Welcome to Whoopal's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans.
1: And now, here's your host,
0: Gary Whoopal. Was the Green Bay Packers embarrassing season-opening loss to the New Orleans Saints of Luke, or was it a sign of tough times ahead? Hi, I'm Gary Whoopal, and thanks for joining Bob Reichel and I for another Packers podcast one that promises to be much better than the Packers pathetic showing against the Saints. Aloha Rob.
1: Yeah why don't you tell our listeners where you are Gary and aloha to you.
0: I'm in my basement (laughs) in Racine. (laughs) No I'm actually uh, in Maui if you can believe that. God it's gorgeous out here Rob as you well know you've been here yourself right?
1: I have. The missus and I went about 10 years ago. and We'd like to go back at, at some point in time. We went out there for a badger game. Gary and obviously spent, you know, two weeks out there doing a lot of other things, but that was, that was part of the gig. That was some kind of trip. You and your lovely missus are going to have a heck of a time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've been here a couple of days and uh, so far so good. And I can see why people come here in the droves. That's for sure. So. <laughs> Anyways, Rob, Well, uh, it it is beautiful here, it wasn't so beautiful in Jacksonville on Sunday, Uh, the the Packers were downright ugly. I was en route to uh, Hawaii, but I followed it as well, and my goodness, it it was just just an abysmal performance, and we could talk here and and forever about all the problems that went wrong for the Packers, but you know where we're going to start, and that's with Aaron Rodgers, right?
1: That works for me, Gary.
0: All right, I, I, you know, Rob, I've been waiting for this. I, I want <laughs> to see what you have to say, because <laughs> I, I figured unlike Aaron Rodgers, you're going to come out with guns a-blazing.
1: Well, I, Gary, to me, he looked like a guy who spent his offseason playing guitar in Hawaii, running around the world with his new girlfriend, backpacking through Europe, skipping mini camps and OTAs not putting in the work that a lot of his teammates did and a lot of other quarterbacks in the, in the league did. And Gary, probably not spending a minute thinking about the new Orleans saints and what a terrific coordinator Dennis Allen is with those guys. That's what he looked like to me yesterday. And and Gary, he looked like the Aaron Rodgers of 2018 and 19, Mm
0: -hmm. at least
1: at times in those seasons that made Brian Gudekunst run out and trade up to draft Jordan Love. That's what he looked like. It was the worst loss of Aaron Rodgers' career. It was Green Bay's worst loss since a 35-0 debacle to the New England Patriots in Mike McCarthy's first year, November of 06. So we're talking 15 years, Gary, since they've been beaten by by this margin.
0: Is that what it was, 15 years?
1: Yeah, it was it was wow. uh, November nineteenth of oh six when, when the Patriots beat the Packers thirty five nothing in McCarthy's rookie season. Hmm. I mean, so we're talking fifteen years um, since the Packers have lost by this this amount of points, Gary. I mean, it, it it was it was a dreadful performance. It was the third lowest passer rating of Aaron Rodgers' career, Gary. Um, and and to me, he just looked like a guy that you know I I know he continues to say that he's all in, Gary but he looked like a guy that just wasn't all in it. It it looked nothing like the 2020 MVP. He sat down with Aaron Andrews from Fox earlier in the week, Gary. And he said, I have nothing left to prove. Well, if you really believe that in any profession, Gary, whether it's what you and I do for a living, whether it's, you know, your accountant, um, whether it's an NFL superstar quarterback, if you really don't think you have anything left to prove, then what are you doing there? And, and that's at least the way I look at it, Gary, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's a guy to me who, it felt to me, Gary, like he had one foot out the door. And I mean, you know, the old saying, you know, if you only have one foot in the circle and not both, you're not all in. And he just didn't seem like a guy, Gary, who is all in. Um, he was rusty, he made he made poor decisions. Um, you know, the, the crosser that he hit to Devontae Adams or that he missed Devontae Adams on is one that he hits 99 out of a hundred times in, in the past. He throws up the Hail Mary bomb that, that gets intercepted and 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 the and the Saints safety brings it back almost all the way for a score, and and that turns the game around, Gary, and makes it 24-3. to three. Um, you know, it just everything about his performance, Gary stunk. If this is a Bob McGinn grading system, it's zero footballs, Gary. It, 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 it was arguably the worst performance of his career, and mm. it raises a lot of questions just about his off season, not playing in the preseason, whether he's all in and just what kind of a toll and effect all this drama that he had with the Packers and the organization, you know, pretty much from, from April until late July, what kind of toll that played on him and this football team?
0: Yeah. You know, Rob, your, uh, your comments echo the comments that I got last night. Uh, when we checked into our hotel, uh, we went down by the pool, had a couple of drinks and as uh, fate would have it sitting next to me were three Bears fans <laughs> and, and I asked him if they watched the game and they said they had watched the game and I asked uh, them specifically what they thought of Rodgers and the first guy said he's checked out he said it looks very apparent he's checked out and I thought that was interesting you know I, I, a neutral observer and uh, he, he's basically saying what you are that he did not come to play that you know
1: He didn't come to play, Gary, and, you know, in his track record, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, you know, his track record when he gets down a couple of scores, it's just dreadful. Um, You know, he's he's 55th, Gary, all time in fourth quarter comebacks. Um, You're talking about a guy who's been in the league 17 years. You know, this this is number 14, I guess, as a starter. So we'll we'll give him – we'll take three off of that, Gary, because he sat behind Brett, obviously, for the three years. But I looked at this earlier – in the, in the day Gary, I mean, there, there's guys ahead of him on that list, like dramatically higher than him on the list. Like Jay Cutler is like 20th John Kitna is it, is in the mid twenties. Um, you know, there's, there, there, there's a bevy of guys that would, it, it would blow your mind, Gary, that, that, you know, that, that are ahead of him on, on this list. And it, it's always been the knock on Rogers. He's a front runner. And when things go poorly um, he, he, he just doesn't seem, have it in him to bring teams back from you know two score deficits let's say you know I I saw a stat yesterday Gary Patrick Mahomes is now 10 and 6 in games where he's trailed by at least 10 points he brought the Chiefs back yesterday he's 10 and 6 career-wise when he's down double digits I mean think about that you know that that's a 625 winning percentage it's absolutely remarkable for, you know, but, but, but that's what the greats, the all-time greats do. I mean, Peyton Manning had 43 fourth quarter comebacks. Brady had, has 40 after that game last week against Dallas. And I think Rodgers is somewhere around 17, Gary. I mean, but Rob,
0: Rob, Aaron doesn't have anybody around him. Come on.
1: Right, right, <laughs> right. They've never given him any help, Gary. So <laughs> Nobody on that offensive line, none of the wide receivers. Now I will say this, A lot of those guys didn't seem to come to play yesterday either. But, but you know how that is, Gary. A lot of these guys take their cue from the quarterback and, you know, I, I, I just, I watch how different guys lead Gary and, and, and I guess there's no perfect way or right or wrong way, you know, but when things go bad, Rogers usually goes and he sits by himself and he pouts and he's. He's got his, you know, little eye book with him or whatever. And he's, he looks at plays and, and I watch Brady go up and down the sideline and, yes. and pat guys on the tail and, 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 and try to get them revved up, um, you know, and, and, and that's his approach. It was Brett Favre's approach. Um, you know, you, you, they flashed to Brady last week, Gary, after, to me, Mike McCarthy made a, a, a really bad decision um, of, of kicking a field goal with a minute 25 right. to go giving right. Brady the ball back instead of going for it uh, and, and on fourth down and not giving Brady a chance, but, you know, they, they, they kind of flipped over to Brady and he just had that look like, okay, whatever, you know, let's, let's go get some points. And, and, and you flash to Rodgers Gary, when things go poorly and, you know, he's sulking, he's pouting, his body language is bad. Um, it, it's bad off the field. it's bad on the field. He's complaining to refs. He's throwing his arms up in the air when guys don't do things the right way. Yesterday was one of those days, Gary, for, for Rogers. It, 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 it doesn't bode well for anybody on the team the way he handles crisis and adversity. And, and he's never handled it particularly well. And, and Sunday's game against New Orleans was just the latest example, Gary.
0: Yeah. Last night I was watching, uh, I think it was NBC. They had Drew Brees on and Drew Brees felt that the drama surrounding Rogers during the offseason took its toll that, that to him, it was pretty apparent. This is a guy that's head isn't totally, you know, in the game. And uh, where, where I felt that to be true was, was on the two picks. I I watched him today and one, like he threw it out into center field and said, okay, who can catch this? Like he threw it up in the air, you know, a mile. And it was like, okay, who's going to camp under it? And it was just a poorly thrown pass. And then that one where he got a little pressure, he kind of flipped it out nonchalantly and he got that picked off, and and it was so uncharacteristic of Aaron Rodgers uh, that that's not the Aaron Rodgers we've we've seen over the years.
1: No, it's not. Especially kind of the hail mary pass that he threw up for MVS, and just kind yeah. of on a, a prayer, Gary. I mean, what what one of the things that a lot of people have said about Rodgers for years, his teammates and other people, you know, close to the organization, is he hates throwing those hail marys at the end of halves and at the end of games now he hit the big one obviously to Richard Rogers against the Lions but he had to on that one to try to win the game but he hates those Gary because they're 50-50 balls that you know certainly have a large chance for for an interception and that's what that one felt like to me so you know to Breeze's point that 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 was not the Rogers we've come to know is is spot on because that that's not a throw Rogers normally would make because it's you know, it's, it's such a high chance for an interception for somebody else. And then Gary, the, the the pass that he missed Adams on so badly that you talked about, you know, the saints brought five and, and, and there was room in the pocket. He, He stepped up into a little bit of pressure, but, but that was a throw Rogers. Again, he, he hits nine out of 10 times, at least on that crosser to Adams and he missed him so badly. It makes you wonder you know, what missing an off season does to a guy, what not playing in the preseason does to a guy. Um, and again, just, you know, it, here, here's a guy in Rodgers who just hasn't put in the time and the reps that a lot of guys have since January. And I know he's been around 16 years and he's got a lot of history, Gary, to fall back on, but this, this sport gets tougher and tougher the older you get. I mean, I can guarantee you Brady was grinding every single day of this, this particular off season, you know, Rogers does turn 38 Gary in December. Um, He's not a pup anymore. This, this game gets tougher and tougher, the older and older you get. And, and again, there, there has to be, you know, some type of correlation between how poorly he looked on Sunday against New Orleans and the fact that he missed so much time in the off season and put everybody through that level of drama organizations gary typically that are swimming in drama don't do all that well the next season when when you roll them out there and 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 we've got a long way to go obviously this is just one out of 17 now it's six percent of of the season is all they played yesterday but but the way this thing started gary it does line up like they could have some trouble on the horizon
0: yeah you know you and i talked about this maybe even in our last podcast but From my experiences, players who are discontent, who don't want to be in a place, they don't forget about that. It's like people think, oh, they'll get over it. They don't get over it. And all indications are that Rodgers wanted out of Green Bay in the worst way this year. And if he did and that was conveyed to the Packers, at least this is my opinion now, shame on the Packers because I would have traded them. I mean, if he really that badly wants out of Green Bay, accommodate him, because a troubled, discontented player is not going to work.
1: Well, I'm with you 100, and and I think we we both discussed this months back during during the drama when it started, mm. um, and I said the same thing then. Trade him, trade him off an MVP season, right? Trade him Absolutely. off a 40 touchdown Absolutely. season. His value could not have been higher. I know a lot had to happen with the salary cap and. You know, things like that to make it work. But the, these guys are paid a lot of money to to make that kind of stuff work. Would it have been tricky? Absolutely. Could it have gotten done? Without question. Because let's be honest, Gary, let's just say theoretically, you know, around the NFL draft when San Francisco and those rumors heated up that the 49ers had called about him, his asking price, you know, you know, uh Kunst asking price probably was in the range of five draft picks. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe two ones, two twos and a three, some combination of five picks in the first three rounds, right. maybe a player in there instead of a draft pick, whatever. Sure. Let's just hypothetically say Gary that Rogers has a, has a year much like he did. in, in 2018, um, you know, 26 touchdowns instead of 48, 29 in, in 2019, Gary he threw 25, he threw 51 touchdowns in those two years combined. He threw 48 last year. Let's turn the clock back a couple of years ago and say he has a year more you know in line with what he had been playing like 2018 2019 in that range what are you going to get for him at the end of this offseason a one and a three i mean a a, a one and a two i mean his price is going to drop you know in in terms of what green bay can get for him gary coming back in in this next offseason if he doesn't have a 40 plus touchdown type of a season again and take green bay deep i mean if if this thing does implode gary and they're eight and nine, 10 and seven, they win that lousy NFC North and then lose the playoff, their first playoff game or something like that. And, and Rogers has a year where he throws 30 and maybe 12 picks. The asking price on him, you know, for Green Bay, sadly for them is going to drop dramatically. Um, So yeah, I'm with you. Anytime, you know, you're almost forcing an employee to come back to work for you which Green Bay in essence did here Mm -hmm. because they had them, um, you know, they had all the leverage in this situation. It's going to be a lose, lose, I think in a lot of ways, you you don't get, you don't get the best of that employee. And the end result is you don't get, you don't get the best for your football team.
0: Absolutely. You know what I I find found ironical uh, Rob was that he had perhaps, like you said, the worst game of his career. And it came against the saints now of the teams that have been, that have been mentioned for Rogers services. It's been like Denver, the Las Vegas Raiders and the new Orleans saints. If you're a new Orleans saints fan at the end of the year, <laughs> and then the team tries to go out and get Aaron Rodgers, I mean, are you going to buy into it?
1: Well, again, it's early. Let's see it. Let's see if Jameis Winston 2.0 that we saw yeah, yeah. in week one can sustain. Right. I mean, he, he did look, I mean, they made him look like Russell Wilson. They made him look like an MVP candidate, Gary, yesterday, uh, 130 passer rating for Winston, you know, five touchdowns, Gary, and just 20 pass attempts. Think about that. That's remarkable. And, and again, we'll see where things go from Rogers, but your, your, your point is valid. I, I would think new Orleans at this point in time, having, um, you know, spent all those years with breeze, um, I think Peyton's excited for this new challenge. If, if, if this goes well, clearly, clearly they're, they're not going to be somebody bidding for, for Rogers services. You know, it'll, it'll be Denver. It'll be maybe, you know, the giants if things go badly here with, mm-hmm. with their young quarterback this year. I think he's down to his last strike, maybe Miami with a Tua, um, you know, but, but I'll tell you what, Aaron Rodgers and Sean Payton together could be dangerous. we we'll, we'll, we'll see how this plays out with Winston Gary.
0: Yeah, do you remember when uh, Sean Payton was regarded as, Possibly the Packers' new coach. <laughs> Remember, he came down to basically McCarthy and Sean Payton, and they both and got jobs, the, huh?
1: And they both got jobs within about forty-eight hours of each other, too. I mean, just after yes. Matthew, you know, McCarthy landed in Green Bay, I think it's when Payton landed in in New Orleans, and, and Peyton's still kicking. Um, in what would this be now? Year? So that was '06, right? I yeah, think that sounds when, right. When McCarthy started in Green Bay, uh, McCarthy went from six through three quarters of the 18 season so McCarthy had a heck of a run himself and here Peyton is still still going strong and he absolutely you know took Joe Barry to the woodshed yesterday there's no question about that.
0: You know the other thing I noticed yesterday and I kept saying this to myself why were the Packers so conservative coming out of the gate Um, that morning I had written a blog detailing how the Packers were the NFC's highest scoring team last year. They averaged 30, was it 30 to 31 and a half points a game. I mean, they've led the league in scoring per game and they had, I think eight games over like 30 points in like, I forgot, like four over 40. Okay. I mean, without a doubt, the most potent offensive team in the league. And when they came out yesterday with these short runs, these short passes. And they did this, Rob, what, for the first four or five series? I mean, they didn't throw anything downfield maybe once, as I recall. But I I was just stunned that this high-powered offense would be ultra-conservative against a defense. Now, some people think New Orleans is a very good defense. I don't. I, I think it's a good defense, but certainly one that you put more than three points on the board against.
1: Oh, without, without question, Gary. And, and you know, the Saints played that, you know, two deep safety look all game. So it, it does take away some of those deep shots. What Green Bay has to do there, Gary, is run the ball better. You know, and they didn't run the ball worth a lick in that game. Mm-hmm. You know, less than three yards a carry. I think they finished with only 43 yards on the ground. I think Aaron Jones only had nine nine yards on the on the ground, Gary. He was uh, an five carries for nine yards and, and it, it, you felt like Mike McCarthy was calling the plays there again and, and kind of forgot what a, what a dangerous weapon Jones is. I mean, I get it. That game was, was getting out of hand. Um, you know, when it, when it went from 17 to three to, to what, 31 to three, pretty darn quickly, it got away from green Bay in a hurry, but uh, no, you're, you're right. I mean, the first deep shot he took was to Adams right before halftime would set up their, their only points of the game, that field goal, everything else was, was kind of short dink and dunk. And, and Gary, even there, Rogers was remarkably inaccurate. I mean, I looked up some stuff on the next-gen stats, um, which are out there, and, they're, and they're, they're fun to look at. You know, there were there were 15 passes, Gary, where Rogers had two and a half seconds or more to throw the ball, which is plenty yeah. of time in that league yeah. um, to, to, to get something done. He was four of 15, Gary, on those throws, which tells you a couple of things. Number one, the line held up pretty darn well to block at least pass blocking uh, to pass block as well as they did for that amount of time. And then just number two, Rodgers was completely off his game. And, and again, we, we can sit here and, and, and analyze and theorize all day about why, um, but they have to get it fixed in a hurry. I, I do think deeply it, it stems back to the summer and it, it's a guy who just wasn't ready for week one, even though he kept telling people he's all in and, he, at, at his little Zoom call or press conference last week, Gary, he stressed time and time again about accountability. Well, accountability yesterday, Gary, started with him. Um, you know, he said after the game, we played bad, I played bad. And that was the only accountability he took. I, I would like for one time him to stand in there and say more than just three words. I played bad. Um, he, he doesn't point the finger at himself very often. He turns it quickly on to others that actually by him gary is 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 probably about the most accountability he's taken in a decade by even saying i played bad um you know but but he could he could have elaborated a heck of a lot more than that i mean he played you know as like we said as bad of a game as he's had you know in his 17 seasons now as a packer 14 as a starter the only two times gary that he's had a passer rating worse one was in the 2010 season when he got knocked out of that Lions game in Detroit, um, he had a 34-7 that day, and then another one was against a remarkably good Buffalo defense in 2014 when his passer rating was 34.3. It was 36-8 yesterday, Gary, and I'm, I'm actually surprised it was it was that high. It's but it's the third lowest he's ever had as a starter, and um, you know I guess fortunately for them, Gary, the Lions are next on the schedule, but. But it doesn't get any easier than following that Lions game with with, with the 49ers and, and Pittsburgh and, and, and some real heavy hitters coming. It, it, got it's to get a back. tough
0: schedule. I mean, Oh, brutal. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the fourth toughest, if I'm, I'm not mistaken. But, you know, Rob, you made a good point about Rodgers and his accountability. I, I fully expected him to say, you know, after the game that it was one game, we got 16 more to go. He, he said precisely that. That didn't come as a shock to me at all. Lafleur was accountable. He said they sucked, and he was upset. He thought it was embarrassing. And then I thought of what Brady did after. Was it? they played on Thursday night, right? These days around right. together. They win, and they look pretty good. I mean, they weren't you know at Super Bowl caliber, but they looked pretty good. And after the game, Brady's saying, "Hey, we got to get better." You know what I mean? And it's like he was almost like upset that they barely won. You know, and it, to me, it just told me, or or at least spoke volumes of how each of these quarterbacks, you know, approaches games.
1: Well, and Gary, there's a reason one of them has seven rings and it's the goat and the other one has one ring. And and he's probably going to be remembered historically as a guy who just couldn't finish in the big moments uh, was a, was a complete failure in NFC championship games and and a guy who probably should have won two, three, four rings, but, never got it done for, for a lot of different reasons. That's where he's trending right now, Gary. I mean, for years, Packer nation has wanted to point to a number of these games and say, it's Mike McCarthy's fault. It's, it's Brandon Bostic's fault. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's whatever it's this guy's fault or that guy's fault. It was always the defense. Right. And um, the, the common denominator in so many of these losses still comes back to the quarterback and, and Aaron Rodgers. And he hasn't played, hasn't played well in in big moments and big games, Gary, what we saw yesterday was, again, like you said, post game was was very predictable from Rogers. Um, again, I'm not saying panic and you know throw all the furniture off the off the deck and everybody dives into the ocean as the as the ship is sinking, Gary. But this 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 is a guy who you know at the same point in time I, I think could make a big statement to his team and his teammates if he put a little bit more of this on his shoulders exactly. from time, to time and when these games ended. Exactly. You know what? I stunk. And if I was better, we're in that game up until the end. But you never hear those words from him. Um, you never will hear those words from him. And and it's one thing I think that's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way.
0: Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if they come in with this ambivalent, nonchalant attitude against the Lions, they're going to struggle. I mean, the Lions, you and I both talked about this at the beginning of the year, probably be in the, in the mix for the number one pick. But the Packers can't afford to play like they did. It was just too, there is too much casualness uh, too much. Like we're superior to everybody else in the NFL that comes back to bite you.
1: Well, I think they'll bludgeon the lions Gary a week from now when, when they do have them on that Monday night, but, but there were a lot of problems I think that that reared their ugly heads yesterday in, in that loss to new Orleans. Again, they, they couldn't stop the run, which right. is exactly you know, it has, has been a, You know, a a real you know sore for that team for the last you know few years. They seem to get it corrected late last season, especially when you think you know what what they did in that Tennessee game against Derrick Henry and how Mm -hmm. they kind of closed the year. They they had made dramatic strides since that 2019 NFC Championship game when the 49ers ran wild on them. But but yesterday again, Gary, you know the Saints. Saints finished, I think, with 171 or something to that effect. But the Saints largely shut it down, Gary, early in the fourth quarter. They could have easily gone over 200 rushing yards in that game. They averaged about four and a half yards a carry. You know, the fact I thought Green Bay's o line, Gary, did pass block reasonably well. They didn't get a whole lot of movement in the run game though, and that that's why Jones and Dylan and these guys these guys struggled there. Gary, I didn't think the wideouts had much separation whatsoever um, as bad as Rogers was. And and let, let's be honest, he, he was an F minus um, the, the wide receivers weren't a whole lot better either. You know, N- New Orleans has some pretty talented guys in, in that defensive backfield and, and, you know, they, they took Adams away and some of these other guys didn't make any plays, Gary. Um, I'm just trying to think, you know, there's, there's a number of things from yesterday, Gary, I think, I think that are concerning moving forward. I think they'll, whatever, they'll, they'll get healthy in a hurry against the Lions. But again, some of these things aren't just going to fix themselves overnight, like pass blocking a sensational 49ers front seven. Trying to trying to beat a Pittsburgh team here in in two and a half weeks, Gary, that just went into Buffalo and and had probably the most impressive win of the weekend by going on the road and beating a team in the Bills that a lot of people think are, are a real challenger in the AFC. I mean this this schedule for for the Packers, Gary, outside the division. Now again, they should go six and zero or five and one or something to that effect in this lousy lousy division. Mm-hmm. But they're fortunate on that front, Gary, because you know, after that, then those other 11 games are, are going to be awfully difficult. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but that they have that whole NFC West on the schedule, Gary, which, which started the, started the year four and all they, you know, it, it, it's going to be pretty brutal for these guys. And, you know, they, they have that AFC, what is it the North with Pittsburgh, you know, Baltimore, Cleveland, and and even the Cincinnati tough. team that, that showed a little fight yesterday. It's a first place schedule for, you know, for a reason, Gary. And, you know, if, if everybody's healthy on, on both sides, it's it's starting to look a lot more daunting than I thought it was, you know, a couple of weeks ago when I, you know, when I really thought these Packers, um, you know, had, had a chance to win 13, 14 games again, Gary.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, again, I was uh, en route to Hawaii uh, when the game was on, so I didn't get a chance to watch it. Closely, but I wanted to get your assessment of the two rookie offensive linemen. Um, how do you think they held up?
1: Okay, Gary. I mean, there's you know, and Lafleur did a press conference today, and he, he was largely complimentary. And and Lafleur's been very honest. I and I liked what Lafleur said after this game too. He he didn't you know he he didn't hold anything back. You know, for him to use the term embarrassed was mm-hmm. was spot on. And and I asked a couple of the guys in the zoom calls after the game, Gary, if, you know, if they kind of felt the same way and like Kenny Clark, for example, did. And, and I think, you know, l- largely th- this entire group should, you know, back to the offensive lineman though, Gary, again, those two guys I thought held up really well in pass pro um, mm-hmm. now the saints strength is off the edges. Their best players on that defensive line by far, Uh, you know, Gary uh, are the ends with, with, with Davenport and Jordan. They had a couple of guys that are kind of journeyman defensive tackles playing yesterday with Roach and Wingo, uh, Mm -hmm. Christian Ringo, who's the ex Packer, obviously. So they weren't going up against world beaters. You know, they weren't going up against Vita Vea and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. you know, but but I think for the most part in pass pro Gary they held up well. Where, what what has to be concerning is those guys didn't clear a whole lot of room in the run game, and they've got to get that run game going for the pass game to be effective. So um, I, I'd be you know I certainly don't think Green Bay is going to make any changes there. Gary um, Elton Jenkins held up fine, uh, played really well at, at left tackle. Maybe even to the point, Gary, when Bakhtiari comes back, you wonder if 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 they move Elton Jenkins over to right tackle, which is probably um you know a a more important position than one of the guards one of the interior offensive linemen i wouldn't be shocked if if jenkins keeps playing this well out at left tackle if maybe billy turner is a guy who then eventually has to move inside uh to guard and and they take advantage of jenkins unique skill set and put him out at right tackle but um you know, just just for the for the one game anyhow, Gary against let, let's call them a couple of pretty average defensive tackles that the Saints had. I thought Green Bay's couple of rookies there held up just fine.
0: You know, the other thing too, uh, Rob, before the game, I thought, okay, I would not be surprised if New Orleans beats the Packers. Uh, you know, I thought it'd be a close game and, and with the possibility of New Orleans emerging as the victor. But when I thought of that. I was also thinking about how Elvin Kamara would be the guy that he would have a, a monstrous game against him, and this is what's really baffling. He was basically a non-factor yesterday, and they still smoked the Packers. I mean, it was it was baffling.
1: It was shocking. I, I think he had eighty-three rushing yards, Gary. And if you would have told me before the game began, I, I you know I I would have thought a buck and a quarter minimum, yeah. you know, and two or three touchdowns. For sure. As, as you remember last year in that 37 30 game where green Bay went to new Orleans and won, Kamara was just ridiculously he went crazy. Yeah. Went crazy. Just, just ridiculously good. It, you know, and, and, and Gary, you're shifting to a gear here that I did want to hit in this podcast. And, and that's just the Packer defense and, and the coordinator. I think one of the most underplayed stories and, you know, one that got almost no talk whatsoever in the off season was the fact that, that they moved on from Mike Patton and they brought in Joe Barry, a two-time loser as a defensive coordinator, absolutely bombed in Detroit and then flamed out pretty quickly to in Washington, you know, but his pal, Matt LaFleur, who they were on the same coaching staff together with the Rams in 17, Mm -hmm. the two of them hit it off and, and LaFleur brought him to green Bay here after he zapped Patton and, um, I just, Gary, I, 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 a lot was made this summer about Joe Barry's energy, 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 and and people kept hammering home that word, but I just kept going back to the numbers and looking at the stats and, and how badly his teams in Detroit and Washington played. He had Detroit in 07 and 08, Gary, those weren't good Lions teams. There wasn't great personnel by any means. And, you know, and and they played that way. They were 32nd in total defense and they were 32nd in points. I mean, dead Mm. last, Both seasons in Detroit. Matt LaFleur tried to excuse that, you know, after hiring him by saying, well, they just didn't have many people in Detroit. And maybe they didn't, you know, but but Barry certainly didn't help the cause either. Then he went to Washington, Gary, where they actually did have some people. The Redskins have been just fine on defense for years now. And, And his two years in Washington, Gary, they were 28th in yards both years. One year they were 17th in points. One year they were 19th. And he got run out of Washington and wound up with the Rams. Now the Rams have had a really good defense the last couple of years, but Joe Barry also wasn't coordinating that defense. So he gets his third try here now, which, which is, you know, more than a lot of guys get in this league, Gary.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, there's no doubt about it. A lot of people would call this a retread and, um, and here we go. First impressions. A lot of times they're the most telling. Well, this one was a pretty darn ugly one, Gary, we're talking about a defense, Gary, too, that Green Bay had last year that was number nine in total defense. I mean, these, these aren't slouches. There's good people on that side of the ball. It was the first time the Packers were in the top 10, Gary, in defense last year since 2010. They were seventh in passing, tenth in sacks. I mean, the, this is a pretty darn good group of personnel that Gutekunst is a you know, kind of set up on, on that side of the ball. Well, no sacks yesterday um missed assignments in the back lack of communication the Saints were certainly more physical ran the ball down their throat there was nothing for that Packer defense to hang their hat on Gary it it was largely embarrassing the Saints had two punts all day the Saints scored the first three times they had the ball um if 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 this is what we're going to see Gary from a Joe Barry led defense it's going to be a long season on that side of the ball
0: a short tenure for him in Green Bay. <laughs> oh,
1: no. no
0: <laughs> I mean, no. He, he could be Ray Rhodes as a head coach, you know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> one, one and done, Rob, you know? And all your points are valid. I guess I'm not ready to jump on them yet. Um, now I'm going to borrow uh, a line from Rogers. It was one game. Yep. I will I will very be very curious to see, though, what happens in the next two or three games. I mean, if, if that continues, then you know this is a bad situation. But, so, Gary, uh,
1: I... I remember well back to the 0304 era. Um, I was covering the team then already. And, you know, it was like my third, fourth year on the team. And you remember in 03, the fourth and 26, the fourth and 26 game. um, And Ed Donatel ended up falling on the sword and he was, he was zapped after that game. Um, And I thought Ed Donatel was a terrific young coordinator on his way to doing really good things. He's still in the league. He's with the Broncos today. He's bounced around a little bit, but Ed Donatel was remarkably bright. And, um, you know, whatever. He paid the price for fourth sure. 26 and 26, and Mike Sherman zapped him after that after that 2003 season. And he promoted from within Gary. He promoted Bob Sloak, who was his defensive mm-hmm. backs coach, yeah. if you remember that. Yeah. And Sloak had had six, seven years running the Bears defense, and he had had a year with the Browns. Um, and he did okay in Chicago. Things really tailed off at the end. He, 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 he failed badly with the Browns in, in his year there. Um, and, and that just felt again, like, right. Just, just that whole retread type thing. Um, so, and he was one of Sherman's buddies. And so Sherman promotes them in January of four. Sure enough, the next season, Gary, the Packers are dramatically worse on defense in every major statistical category. I think they are, I think they allowed about five points a game more mm-hmm under Slowak than they did under Donatello And sure. sure enough, at the end of the 04 season, Sherman whacks him as well. And <laughs> and then eventually hires Jim Bates and in 05 doesn't go very well. And Mike Sherman winds up on the street himself. So sure. I'm not sure. saying Matt LaFleur at the end of all this is going to wind up on the street. But but Gary, I just I think one of the first rules of business, one of the first rules of life is you, you know it's, it, it's risky business to hire your friends. And, and that's what we found here right now. I think with Matt LaFleur going out to, to get Joe Barry, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes from here. And I, I'm with you. It's just one game. There's, there's a long ways to go, but the track record of Joe Barry does not suggest to anybody that he deserved a third shot at this at, at a job of, the, of this magnitude. I mean, there's only 32 of these in the whole league, Gary.
0: Yeah. You know, um, it's, you know it's crazy where maybe you and I talked about this at, at some point, um, an NFL executive told me that his team came very close to hiring him as their de- defense coordinator, and he thought Barry would do well in Green Bay. Now, so his reputation out there must be pretty good, contrary to what you and I, you know, have of him.
1: Well, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? Correct, you're, correct. Right, you're, you're, you know your source and and your scout there, and and his people might love him. Where you know team B. Might think totally different. I mean, let's mm. let's be honest. I mean, Jim Leonard was the first choice for this job, the the Badgers' defensive coordinator, and 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 he pulled out and um, you know turned down the opportunity late in the game in the interviewing process here. And and you know um, you know his family and his wife love Madison. They live in Cross Plains, the the Leonard's, and and they absolutely love it there. And I've I've always been told it's going to take a ton. Uh, to get the Leonard family to move. He's probably the coach in waiting there in Madison to re- eventually replace Paul Christ. And, and I, I think maybe in a perfect world, this is where, you know, Matt LaFleur would have gone to Jim Leonard, a, a younger guy here. Um, I think Leonard's in his mid thirties and, and Joe Barry's 50, 51, somewhere in that range. And, you know, Leonard's an up and comer. And then, like I said, Joe Barry's a two-time loser here. So again, Gary, we'll, we'll see how this all plays out. Just, Again, early indications though are, are just not overly promising.
0: Well, what did you like about Sunday's game, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: it's, it's so funny, Gary. I I do a good, bad, and ugly column right, every, week, right. every week at Forbes. And, and and I think the only good I had this week was the punter. It 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 does seem like uh, they might have might have upgraded from JK Scott with that trade here for I keep calling him Corey B because I can't say his last name uh gary but it, the, the 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 punter looked good the other you know again gary the other thing that that's a positive obviously for green bay and it's nothing to do with their play on the field you know but the fact that the division is so god-awful um, You beat you know, me bears, to the punch yeah the bears were routed by the rams right i mean the vikings lost to what i think everybody believes is going to be a pretty bad cincinnati Bengals team i mean the lions were getting absolutely obliterated before showing a little bit of late fight against San Francisco, I, you know, Green Bay can probably win nine games, Gary, and win the division. I, mm-hmm. I think that shaping up is, you know, something that that's positive. But but clearly, their goals and their aspirations are a lot higher than that.
0: Yeah, I don't even think there's a team that's close to the close to Green Bay. You know, maybe Minnesota might get its act together, but they they got issues all over the board. And the Bears of the Bears, the Lions are the Lions, and you're right it's a god-awful division and the Packers are fortunate to be in it so um you know in the long run the Packers just might be okay huh (laughs) at least till the playoffs
1: well if they keep playing like this Kerry there there won't be playoffs now again I don't think any of us expect them to keep playing like this there's too many high-priced guys there's too many talented guys who have you know shown it year in and year out that that they're, you know, quality high level starters in this league. And, you know, but it, but it's, you know, they're, they're, they're going to have to figure things out quickly, Gary, because things can get away from me in this league in a hurry. Um, they, they were so hell bent last year on, on getting home field advantage that that clearly didn't work out for them. You know, you, you lose two, three, four more games, Gary quickly. And, and you're out of that hunt already. Um, there's so many, you look around that conference, Gary, I mean, Tampa Bay is going to win 13, 14 games. Now the NFC West, which is obviously outstanding, they're going to beat up on each other. Though I I don't see anybody from that Seattle, Arizona, Rams, San Francisco group, you know, that can go six and all five and one in the division. That you know, but but I could see any of those four teams, Gary, making a run to the Super Bowl. That's how good that division is. The the Saints showed people a lot yesterday. You know, the problem for Green Bay, Gary, is if they can't get their stuff figured out quickly. They're going to wind up winning the division, yes, but then they're, you know, it's probably going to be one playoff game and, and maybe that's it. And I know they have greater goals and aspirations and, than, than just winning a playoff game and going home, um, but but unless they can figure things out quickly, Gary, that that's where this thing is headed.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you and I, I think last week I, I predicted the Packers were going to win the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> yep. so right now, I, I'm fully behind Aaron Rodgers. It's one game, <laughs> but 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 uh, no, there there were enough red flags that went up in that first game to uh, cause deep concern, and and we'll see how it plays out. Anything else you want to touch on uh, before you call it a wrap for today?
1: Um. No, again, just, you know, kind of quickly bouncing around the league, Gary, you know, I just uh, kind of a few big takeaways are number one, you, you know, me on this podcast for the past year, I've sung the praises of Matthew Stafford. It looks like he found the perfect home
0: and and Rams
1: to me are legitimate Super Bowl contenders right now coming out of, out of the NFC. Of course, I think to me, Gary, anybody, you're, you're always foolish betting against Tom Brady. Um, He did what he did what he does, right. It was his 40th fourth quarter comeback victory of of his career he's only three behind Peyton Manning now um that's about the only stat I think that he still needs uh where where he's going to be the goat in pretty much everything um I thought the Steelers Gary had the most impressive win of the weekend going into Buffalo and and rallying from a a halftime deficit to cut to come back there that defense they have is nasty they're healthy now Watt is they paid Watt last week um you know, so he was motivated either way, Gary, but boy, he played like a monster yesterday. And, and then like I touched on again, you know, or earlier, you know, Patrick Mahomes has to, has to be the early front runner uh, for MVP trails by plus 10 comes back and wins the game against a high level quality Cleveland team, Gary um, 10 and six all time. in in games where he trails by double digits, that that's just, that's just remarkable. Um mm. uh, so, I mean, a, a, a remarkably exciting, great first week for, for the league, Gary, unless you're, of course, a Packer fan. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, one other thing I wanted to add uh, to your uh, comments about the NFL. It looks like Russell Wilson is coming out of the blocks with a mission. I mean, we, we talked about this a little bit last year at this time. He, he started out really well, and gosh, he, he looks really good. I mean you know, for his sake, I hope he can, you know, sustain it.
1: Gary, it's really interesting, isn't it? The parallels that the the two quarterbacks probably who had the most drama around them this off season were Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, right? True. true. Russell's came first, Aaron's came second, you know, a a lot of talk that Russell wanted out of Seattle and, and he, he eventually, you know, he came to the off season stuff and and he and Pete at least again, much like Aaron and, and management, you know, um, you thought maybe some of this stuff was behind him. The major difference though, Gary, in, in how the two guys handled their business is once Russell was back in Seattle and he was at OTAs and he was at mini camps and he was at training camp and he was you know deeply invested in you know Pete Carroll's uh, system, you did not hear a peep from Russell Wilson about the offseason, about the drama, about, maybe Correct. wanting to leave a year or two down the road, which a lot of people still think he wants to do. Aaron Rodgers came back, Gary, in his first day, you know, or after his first training camp practice, he held a 31 and a half minute press conference where he went scorched earth against the organization. And again, how healthy can that be, right? I mean, you're back, yeah. have water be under the bridge, focus on the season. I, you know, he had a lot of explaining to do. I get it. But I can't imagine anybody in the organization, when that press conference ended, felt real good about the year coming up with Aaron Rodgers, regardless of what they would say, Gary, with a microphone put in front of them. Um, you know how this world works, right? There's one thing guys say in front of a microphone, and there's, you know, one thing they say when that microphone is off. And I know Brian Gutekunst and his people said all the right things, but I can tell you deep down... Nobody could have been happy with that 32 minute press conference where Rogers trashed everybody and and blamed Gutakuns for a number of different things. Well, so. I,
0: I, I'll tell you. Sorry to interrupt you, but I'll tell you what. If oh, I was Coons and I heard that camp press conference, <laughs> I, I would have gone ballistic. I'd have been livid. And you know what I also would have done? I would have had number twelve come into my room for a while <laughs> and see if it would have made any difference. It probably wouldn't have made any difference, but you know. You you can't have guys blasting your organization like that.
1: No, you you absolutely can't, Gary. And and again, that that's why I mean that right away that you know that that to me was kind of a signal and a sign of potential trouble. And and Russell showed up and he's he's been the good soldier and the happy camper. And like you said, threw four touchdowns and was the best player uh, on the field by a mile yesterday, where they went to Indy and beat a really good football team in the Colts. And Rogers, his summer of discontent, his off-season of discontent, continued, and he looked nothing again, Gary, like that MVP quarterback, and and he needs to figure it out in, in a hurry. Uh, you know that these games mean so much. Um, it, it's so different than baseball, right? With with one hundred and sixty-two games now versus seventeen, it's almost a ten-to-one ratio. Every single week is critical. Every single Absolutely. week. We, Absolutely. You, you, you can't get behind the eighth ball you know three four five games to, to other people and to other teams and inside your conference Gary you, you you just you can't afford to dig yourself monster holes and um, you know I mean you remember 16 for example they were four and six and and then they they you know they they rallied back and they they won their last six and to get into the playoffs and and won a couple of playoff games, but eventually had to go on the road then to Atlanta and got routed in an NFC championship game. Eventually the road just becomes too difficult, Gary, at some point in time. And, and again, Rodgers has to, I think get on the same page with, with the people around him. Yesterday was just a dreadful performance for him and, and really for everybody else. And it, it it's not over by any means, right? It's, it's one game out of a, out of a long season, but, but time is short and, and they've got to figure it out in a hurry.
0: Rob it was a blast as usual uh unlike the Packers on Sunday you did indeed bring your A game <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I'm telling you, you you did yourself my friend from uh from what seven hours a seven hour time difference away multiple time zones you 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 were able to do all the homework and prep necessary and and, and you did the exact same
0: well, you're way, way too kind, Rob. Uh, thanks for your insights and uh, your commentary. It was much appreciated. And uh, thanks to all our listeners. Take care. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWuple and com.